Welcome to the INO Podcast. My name is Jasmine and I will be your host for today. Listen, today we have a great show for you guys today. We have three different segments. I know you're probably thinking, what are you doing? You said that you would only do one segment. There have been so many things that have been on my heart that I have to kind of bundle it into one episode today, guys. So again, just bear with me as we do the multiple segment sequences right now. But we have three different segments. That's right. Three different segments today that we're going to be talking about because so much has happened this week. If you are not following me on Instagram, follow me at ino.podcast. Once again, that's ino.podcast. I do put extra content on there. Sometimes I have guests on, sometimes I do interviews. Uh, If you ever want extra content, that's the place where it is currently. But because we have so much we got to get into today, let's go ahead and start with the top of the show. So we are going to talk briefly about a show that is coming out um, on, it was produced by Disney and it's called Little Demon. And I'm going to get through this fast because I don't want to promote it any more than what uh, is already going to be promoted. But basically this is a show about a young girl and her mother who uh, represents, I think the daughter represents the Antichrist. Uh, She is supposed to be the Antichrist. And her mother was impregnated by Satan, which is insane. On top of this, the actress who plays the main character is an actual witch. She practices paganism and she's happy with the production of this movie as it promotes her religion. The reason why I'm bringing this up is first and foremost, it shouldn't be a question whether or not Christians are watching this. And this is just a reminder that parents Uh, with young kids, you cannot just plop your kids in front of the television anymore and hope and pray that good quality programs are on right now. I was talking to a friend not too long ago and she had her niece and nephews uh, in front of the television and we were just talking on the phone and she said something crazy just popped up on the screen. This is a a show. This is a kid show. I can't even remember what the kid show was, but it was cartoon. She thought it would be good to just turn on so that her uh, niece and nephew could be distracted while she got some work done. And something popped up on this screen and it was incredibly demonic. They were chanting and saying all kinds of uh, things filled with witchcraft. And she was just appalled on the phone with me. Like, this is crazy. I can't even put my niece and nephew in front of a show without being vigilant. That was the whole point of kids television shows was to give parents a break and either educate their kids or give their kids quality, good, wholesome programming um, that the parents could trust. And that officially is over. And like I said, this isn't even a question about whether or not a Christian should watch this program. This is an absolute no. Um, We do not mix with light and dark. Uh, We do not mix with darkness and light. That's just not the biblical thing to do. This is not something you should invite in your home. This is not something you should let your kids watch. Um, And I highly advise that parents pay closer attention to what their kids are watching. Now, here comes the harder part. My question today is why are we funding programs that specifically promote this kind of evil? 
It's easy to say, oh, you know, that's a pagan show. My kid won't indulge in that. But if you have a Disney account, if you are paying Disney monthly, uh, funding them monthly, uh, that adds up and they're able to continue to produce shows like this. Now, I'm just here to offer a dose of maybe possible conviction, but I find it odd that, you know, this story was trending on Facebook in the Christian space of Facebook and YouTube and TikTok and all kinds of stuff. Christians will talk about this and we'll get upset, we'll be mad, but we will still keep our Disney account. The same thing happened with Little Cuties. When Little Cuties became huge on Netflix and people were like, this is child pornography, this is not okay. Christians were upset and they boycotted Netflix. I wonder how many of those same Christians have Netflix again. Because as of right now, of the recording of this podcast, September 8th, Cuties is still on Netflix. And Christians were up in arms saying, this is ridiculous. We shouldn't be promoting child pornography. We shouldn't be promoting these terrible things. And how could Netflix do this? And I'm boycotting Netflix. Well, as of today, Netflix still has that film. And how many Christians are still paying for Netflix? And this is not just me yelling. This is a personal thing for me too. I have to get off Netflix too. I have to get off Disney as well. Um, Disney has been exponentially blatant about where their values lie here lately. And Christians will be up in arms about what is being presented on Disney Plus shows and yet will still pay month to month to watch their favorite show. I think we'll be unpleasantly surprised that voyeurs do not get a pass in heaven. Just because you're watching it or just because you're watching around it and saying, well, I'm not going to watch that show, but I'm going to, I'm going to say my piece on Facebook and I'm going to be mad and I'm, I might even protest, but where are your actions? Your actions say, Hey, I don't really care what this channel does with the programming. I just want to watch my show. I just want to watch on the block. I just want to watch finding Nemo. Yes, I'm going to say this thing on Facebook or Instagram and talk about my outrage and uh, basically virtue signal that I'm against this company. But at the end of the day, on the 16th of the month, I'm going to let them swipe my card and continue to produce this garbage. We have to be better. We have to be less hypocritical. The reason why Christianity is not making headway anymore in authority is because we are in bed with things that we shouldn't be in bed with. We have no authority to cast anything out because we are signing up with it. We can't point a finger and call out other people's sin in a loving way when we are also in sin, when we are also, even if we're not fully in sin in our regards, we're just voyeurs of sin who are silently saying nothing. We still have no authority to call it out. It's time we uh, mature and grow up. That means you might not be able to watch your favorite Disney show. One thing I have to tell myself is, hey, yeah, you can't watch Finding Nemo. And if you can't tell, that's my favorite Disney film. Yeah, you can't watch Finding Nemo. But, you know, Christ only died for you. The least you can do is not watch your favorite movie. That's not even a big ask. What we are showing God is we do not care. Thank you so much for dying on the cross for me. But... That's great and all. That's awesome. 
at the same time, it's not great enough for me to cancel my Netflix subscription. I mean, come on. It's not great enough for me to cancel my Disney Plus subscription. That's what we're communicating, whether we want to say it or not. That's why the church has no authority. And that is why evil continues to prevail. So again, it's not even a question of whether or not you should watch this show. This is not what this part of the podcast is about. This is about where is your money going to? Where your money is, that's where your heart lies. That's where you value. And what you are communicating is that, yes, this is evil, but I do not care enough to do anything about it. And with that, we're going to get on to the next segment. For our next headline, Ariel is black now. So that's something. Um, I'm going to make this very quick. I've had people ask me, uh, what do I think about it? And to be honest, I do not care. I know being an African-American woman, I probably should care. I just don't. Partially because I am not going to give money to Disney anymore due to what they believe in anyway. So I do not care what that organization does anymore because to me, it's not entertaining. To me, it is propagating a certain uh, agenda that is anti-God, anti-Bible. So um, don't really care too much what that company does uh, to begin with. Now, what I can do is speak for me personally. I just don't think you can get too mad at a creative for how they interpret a a character. It's a mythological character, guys. Like imagine, I've seen so many things on Instagram and Facebook and just people arguing about literally the origins of the Little Mermaid and all kinds of stuff. Like the Little Mermaid is actually Danish because it was a Dan, like it's a mythological creature and it's a made up fictional story. Like it, she could be purple for all I care. Um, Now, I know that there's implications behind her being black of like, hey, we're trying to push this. Everything has to be black agenda. I just, I just don't care. I'm sure you guys can hear it in my voice. I just don't care. There's other things going on. My advice, if you are up in arms and you're furious and you're, you're so angry that you're shaking and offenses on you. Um, pray and go outside, take a hike, eat some ice cream, hang out with a friend. And by take a hike, I, I literally mean take a hike. I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying go outside in nature, calm down, take a chill pill. To me, it's not that big of a deal. There's so many other things happening in this world. And I don't think this is a big enough deal to be up in arms about as much as people have been up in arms about it. Which leads me to wonder are people really enraged or is it just like fake rage that we say on Twitter where we're like, I cannot believe this. I'm literally quaking in offense. Like, is it actually something we're mad about to where we're going to incite change? Or are we just saying that we're mad about it? And then we're just going about our day. I don't know. Um, again, if you're that mad about this, I hope that you can turn your passions to something that's a bit more important. And with that, let's get on to the next segment.
So in other more alarming news, we have Stacey Abrams. She is running for governor in Georgia. Um, she is known for her very, very, very pro-abortion stance. Um, we know as Christians, we don't believe in that. However, this is more to shed a light on what is happening in the church. Um, on September 23rd, Stacey Abrams uh, was on a campaign going around, giving speeches, trying to garner votes and uh, create goodwill. And um, in her campaign, she stopped at a church. Uh, the pastor at New Birth is the name of the church. And uh, she gave a speech claiming that she is running in the legacy of Deborah. And we're going to play that clip for you. New Birth, it's a high honor to have this trailblazer worshiping with us today. All rise and please welcome the Honorable Stacey Abrams. Thank you so much, Dr. Bryant. The school to prison pipeline is widening, but the school to salvation pipeline is narrowing. We have a $5 billion surplus in the state of Georgia after we've paid our bills, Pastor. After we put 15%, the Lord only requires 10%, Georgia does 15. After we've done that, we have $5 billion. More than anything, I want you to know that I am running for this office in the legacy of Deborah. We, we know Deborah as a judge, but Deborah was a warrior. Deborah was a warrior who believed that you fight for your people. And with your help and with your prayer, Dr. Bryant, with your aid on November 8th, I'll fight for you. Thank you all so much. Give it up for our governor! Now, if you listen to that, um, I think it's incredible um, just how bold uh, people are getting with uh, misusing scripture and uh, using it for their own agenda. Um, yes, Deborah was a mighty warrior, but Deborah was submitted to the Lordship of Christ. You cannot operate in the anointing of Deborah while also being in direct rebellion to God. Um, again, this happened at New Birth Church. This uh, church has been at the forefront of some major controversy. Uh, Jamal Bryant, I refuse to call him a pastor because he is operating not as a pastor, um, caught fire earlier this year giving a pro-abortion rant um, to his congregation, and I want you guys to hear that as well. This week, America turned back the hands of time and declared war on women in this nation. I wanted us to stand resolvely to uh, say to this nation that if America was authentically pro-life, then they would immediately abolish the death penalty. If they were really pro-life, then they would put more money into Head Start programs. If they were pro-life, they would seek to cure the opiate addiction in this nation. If they were pro-life, they would make sure that teachers feel safe in their schools. If they were pro-life, there would be stiff, stricter measures about gun control in this nation. If it was pro-life, we would not have to deal with food insecurity. But I stand with now the living matriarch of the movement, Maxine Waters, who said they have declared war on 32 million women in this nation. And one thing about a woman, when she is focused, she is not going to stop until she gets what she needs. 
we stand but we realize that this is not just a woman's issue unless I don't understand how pregnancy works men have to extend their voices as well and so we speak to this nation to declare that new birth stands with the amazing women of this church of this community and of this country that women have the right to have authority over their body and it should not be legislated by men in Washington DC I want all of us all over this room would you do me a favor would you celebrate the women around you who are competent enough to make decisions about their bodies decisions about their life and decisions about their future we're praying steadfastly because what we are seeing uh, is racism rearing its head again uh, with this measure that has just taken place, uh, babe, black baby infant mortality is going to rise by 30%. Uh, and hence, we cover the lives of our mothers, of our pregnant mothers, and our unborn babies. I need you to do me a favor, please. While last Sunday was Father's Day, today we stand in the gap for mothers and for emerging mothers. I need you to do me a favor, please, because I need you to be mindful that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty unto God for the pulling down of strong there is something satanic afoot in Washington, D.C. So I know that was a long rant. I just want to point out a few things that were uh, absolutely wrong with what he said. Uh, for starters, um, the argument that if people were really pro-life, they would do, and he goes on to list um, a whole bunch of things that he feels is not being done in, within the community. Um, this is a bad argument. Two wrongs don't make a right. Um, we're talking about abortion and whether it's right or wrong to say that, well, because they're not doing this, uh, this thing within the community, then abortion can't be wrong either. It, that's a terrible, terrible argument. Secondly, he states women have the right to have authority over their own body. Um, as Christians, uh, we know that our bodies are a temple and a lot of people want God to be their friend. Um, God is the Lord and he is King. Um, he was Lord and King before us. He will be Lord and King and after us. That means we submit our bodies to him. Of course, it's uncomfortable. We live in a humanistic society. We live in a democratic system. Um, so that makes us feel uncomfortable, but um, it doesn't matter if it makes us feel uncomfortable. That's what the truth of the matter is. And the truth of the matter is that when you get saved, yes, you do have free will. You have free will to choose sin. God doesn't take that away from you, but to follow him, you have to be completely submitted to him. And that includes what you do with your body. Jamal also says we see racism rearing its head again. And he goes on to say that because of the overturning of Roe v. Wade, the black community will decrease in population by 30%. This is absolutely false. And it's a baseless claim. The black race has stagnated um, since the first time that we voted for Roe v. Wade. And that is due to abortions. Statistically speaking, the most dangerous place for a black person to be is within the womb. That includes shootings. That includes being in bad neighborhoods. That includes um, all types of things that unfortunately plague our community. It is more, less safe inside a mother's room considering abortions than it is out in the real world. We are the only race in the United States that has stagnated in population. Every other race has continued to grow in population. Abortion is 
killing black people at a much higher rate than in our community than any other community. It's not even close. He goes on to say, and I quote, mothers have the right to elect where they are in the stages of their life. This is a humanistic way of thinking. Again, we are not our own God. We are submitted to the Lordship of Christ. God determines what stage of life we are in and God determines what we do in that stage of life. This is an uncomfortable truth and an uncomfortable reality that most Christians refuse to accept. We want God to be our buddy. We want him to come alongside of us. We don't want to submit. The reason why I'm bringing both of these headlines up, the fact that Stacey Abrams is pro-abortion and also speaking at that church, it's absolutely disgusting how many people do not know their Bible. That's why I'm bringing up these two headlines. Uh, you might be thinking, well, these are this is a fringe issue in a fringe church and my church is not like this. Um, that's great. I hope your church is not like this because this is not a church. This is a political rally. Um, And these people who go to this church are unfortunately deceived. But unfortunately, as we are going to see, I'm just going to go ahead and give you the chaser as as we are going to see more and more people who have antichrist values are going to start using the Bible. Stacey Abrams is able to speak at a church whose values is completely anti-biblical. She's able to speak and garner votes. And that's all because people do not know their word or In a more cynical way, people know their word and are refusing to submit to the word. And rather than submit to the word, they are teaching other people to not be submissive or that's not what God really meant or God is ever evolving. Those are all false. God says that he's the same yesterday, today and forever. God's morals do not change. His character does not change because that means he would have to change and he is the same. He gave us a promise that he would be the same yesterday, today, and forever. It doesn't matter if the world decides that they want to be more progressive or more conservative. It doesn't matter. God is going to be the same. It's our job to submit to the will of the Lord and submit to his word. So the reason why I'm bringing this up is somewhat of a warning. I hope some of you people are a little bit shocked, um, maybe a bit appalled by what is happening in God's church, but it's because we have a lack of discipleship. It's because we don't teach people how to read and interpret the word. It's because, um, so many shady things are happening in churches, unfortunately. Um, that's why we are where we are. And that's why people are able to take the word out of context and even preach that word, um, even visit our churches. So that is why I put this headline in. I want to, I want this to be somewhat of a warning of, hey, um, more and more people are starting to use the word out of context um, and they're doing it boldly. It's going to be more important now more than ever to know the word of God and to know your Lord and Savior because it'll be easy to be deceived. Now it's time for the meat of the podcast. The meat of the message today is it's time for the church to be the church. And you might be wondering, Jasmine, these have been so many bad headlines, so many things going on in this world. Um, and I normally try to keep it as light as possible with this podcast, but part of the mission of this podcast is to look at culture through a Christian perspective. And unfortunately, with these headlines, the culture is not very Christian. The culture is very anti-Christ. And I wanted to highlight some of the things happening in this world because some, for some reason, I think that Christians are, can tend to 
put their head in the sand and just pray and hope that God comes back uh, soon and very soon. Kind of quietly evangelize, do a little bit here and there um, and just hope and pray (laughs) that um, he's coming back quickly. And uh, whether he comes back quickly or whether it's another thousand years, um, I think we need to be the change and the revival that he wants to see. Specifically in the charismatic circle, there's been a lot of talk about this upcoming revival and it almost feels like we're all just waiting for this moment, like uh, a signifying moment that, okay, this is revival. I can jump into the river now, but I believe God is waiting for people to be the revival that we're called to be. God says, go into all the world and make disciples. That's the great commission. That is already a command. So it feels like we're waiting for this special invitation to do something that God has already told us to do 2000 years ago. He already told us to go and make disciples. So the question is, are you doing that today? And how are you doing that? I wanted to pull up the actual scripture for you guys because I don't want to paraphrase it, but Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is a command. This is something that's not optional for a Christian to do. This is not something that we can wait until it's more optimal to do. This is something we have to do if we're gonna be followers of Christ. This is something we should be doing. And so I think sometimes we think like, or we can think that making disciples looks like being a pastor or a leader at the church, but there are ways to make disciples outside of the church and we need those ways. There are ways to graft people into the family of God that aren't necessarily in the church. The key word in the scripture is go. Don't stay in church and hunker down and wait for things to be more optimal. Charismatics don't wait for this coming revival that we keep hearing is going to come, which hear me, I believe that it's going to come, but I'm more so do what you're called to do right at the moment. That way, when the river's flowing, you're already in the ditch. So how can we go and make disciples? We can go and uh, volunteer in local communities. And here's, here's something I'm going to harp on a little bit. I feel like certain denominations, and I'm just going to say it, Baptists do a fantastic job of going and making disciples. I think there's a statistic, I cannot remember the exact number, but Baptists account for more salvations to the body of Christ than any other denomination by a huge margin, like it's not even close. But I will say this, going into all nations is absolutely what we're supposed to do. However, when we are too scared to tell our neighbor or our coworker the gospel, and I'm teaching to myself now, what good is it to go into all the world when your current home is dying? I have found, could be what's around me, but I have found that people are so quick to go overseas, way far away, because uh, maybe it's easier. Maybe, you know, it's easier to go feed the homeless over there because you're not dealing with ideologies. Doing missions in America is hard work. It's not hard in the sense of other hards. It's a different hard. We're dealing with a lot of people who, quite frankly, most of their basic needs are met. Most of their needs, food, shelter, water, clothes, 
job, a lot of that is taken care of. Praise the Lord. Now, there are some people who do not have that every day. But for the majority of Americans, these are not things that we have to worry about daily as much as overseas, as much as a third world nation. The issue that comes with evangelizing to America or another Western civilization that is a first world nation is that we're dealing with a lot of ideologies. We're dealing with a lot of religion. We're dealing with a lot of institutions. And sometimes that takes longer to break down than somebody who didn't have food. We feed them and that they're so grateful they come to Christ. I say all that to say, what are you doing here now with those around you in your circle, in your world that you can influence? Because if we're honest, if Christians were really honest, if everybody who proclaimed the name of Christ were actually disciples, our nation wouldn't have the headlines that I talked about earlier today. The reason why America is going through all of the things that it's going through, all of the evils, all of the trials is because the church has allowed it. It's because the church has allowed it. We have the power to change the trajectory of this nation, but we'd rather be silent or we'd rather wait for all of this to blow over or selfishly, as long as me and mine are okay, I'm just trying to make sure me and mine are okay. As long as we're okay, I don't really care what happens to my neighbor. And that is not the gospel. That same scripture says, freely you have been given, freely give. The world teaches us to care for ourselves, to be selfish, to make sure us and ours is good. But God says, no, go. This is not a selfish gospel. The gospel is literally a denial of self. I want to just reiterate this point again. The reason why we're seeing such evil in today's world is because the church has largely remained silent. We refuse to rock the boat. We want to be comfortable. We want to be satisfied. We want to hunker down and hide until either a great revival happens and we can just jump in on the tail end and and help or until Jesus comes back. Whatever comes first, whatever's more fun, I don't know. And that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be the revival today. There's practical things that we can do. We can uh, volunteer to help um, at local soup kitchens. We can give out clothes to the homeless. We can pray for the sick. With the overturning of Roe versus Wade, there's going to be a huge need for ministry to mothers and children. Um, whether that's foster care, whether that's helping the mother keep her child, whether whatever it looks like, there's a huge need happening in that area alone. It's time for the church to be the church, which means we're going to have to be uncomfortable and we're going to have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. In America, we have barely tasted persecution. It is time for the people of God, specifically in the Western church, to speak up how are you being the revival you want to see with that that's the end of the show thank you so much for listening to this podcast if you're not following me on instagram be sure to follow me at ino.podcast and stay saved out there because things are getting crazy peace